into your life in his presence there is fullness of joy and at his right hand are pleasures forevermore so just enter into his presence Jesus we enter into your presence and we wait upon you the hope of the nations our bright morning star the lifter of our heads the healer of the broken, our provider, our sustainer, our restorer, our redeemer, the answer for every need. We come into your presence with expectant hearts, with wanting hearts. And we thank you that you are here to meet every need. Reach out to him tonight. 
on. Sing it out again. Sing it out again. Reach out to him. He is the answer for your every need. Jesus, we reach our hands to you, to your all-sufficient hand, your all-provisional hand. Come on, get your eyes on him tonight. Let your eyes stay focused on him. We trust in you. Bible to John chapter 16. The song is very fitting for what we're going to be talking about tonight. I'm going to read this passage and children, you could be dismissed to head out to uh, kids church tonight. Worship team, thank you so much. I'll give the worship team a hand. John 16, says, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. I'm going to read that one more time. He says, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. The world. You may be seated. Jesus had been talking to his disciples about the events that were to come, how people would respond to the proclamation of the gospel, how those proclaiming the gospel would be treated, the coming of the Holy Spirit, his return to the Father, and he ends this chapter after going through all of these different points by saying, in me you may have peace. In this world there will be tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. You see, Jesus said, in him and in him alone, we may have peace. Not in money in the bank account that gives us a source of peace. Not in family and how good of a quality of family that we might have. Or not in the job security that we might have. But in Christ alone, that there may be peace. Jesus wants us to forget about all the distractions and focus in on him that we may have peace. How easy is it in life to become distracted and get away from the focus of which gives us peace? How easy in church it is for a, a text message to come in and then we are zoned out for the next five minutes because we went to respond to a text only to check our emails then to pay bills, then to update our Twitter, then to check the update on the game and then hop back into the sermon five minutes later. Is anybody else that ADD in here? Or did I just tell him myself? <laughs> It's so easy to become distracted by all the things that we occupy ourselves with in this life. But Jesus says, in me, you may have peace. The Greek word for peace here is erene. This means a state or a time of peace. It does not refer to a peace in between relationships or attitude. But it refers to a state of peace which in this sense was derived as an interlude during an everlasting state of war. 
I'm going to say that one more time. It says, but a state of peace which in this sense was derived as an interlude during an everlasting state of war. That during the hard times of life, we are peaceful. Not an attitude of peace that comes and goes, but in the hardest times of life, we are enduring in peace. If you flip to many war times or war scenes that in those times where you have that soldier that comes in and he's completely focused on his goal and on his ambition. It doesn't matter how many bullets are flying by. It doesn't how many, matter how many bombs are dropping beside him or mines are going off around him. He's in a constant state of peace and constant state of focus during a war, everlasting state of war. This is the peace that was promised, as Jesus said, through the coming of the helper, the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit... We will lack the state of peace that God intended for believers, as, uh, as for us as believers to have. You see, Jesus wants us to have peace. Jesus wants us to have hope. Because without it, we will not make it through this life. If we look at this world around us, Jesus says in this, that this world, in this world, you will have tribulation. You see, as Christians, we live in two spheres. We live in the sphere of the kingdom, and we live in the sphere of the world. And these spheres are at constant war with one another. In the world, there is trouble. In the world, there is brokenness. In the world, there is poverty. But in the kingdom, there is peace. He says, in me, you may have peace. These two spheres are constantly going at it with one another. But as people and children of the kingdom, whatever the trouble may be in this world, the peace of the kingdom will prevail. It doesn't matter what we may go through in life, that as long as we are in Christ, the peace of the kingdom will prevail. When we look at our world today, we see everything that is out there, that this world is full of hopelessness. Historically, we can look back through the history pages, and we see a world that is broken. From the many wars that have gone back to World War II, one of, my, uh, uh, one of the most intriguing times of history to me to seeing the brokenness and the, the desire of the extermination of races and the global suffering, where today we turn on the news and globally you'll hear story after story after story of hopelessness. Then you'll watch the commercials and you'll see every product, religion, and pharmaceutical that's been created to meet those needs. And then it goes back to the news and you see the brokenness, the sadness, and all of the things that man has created in this world through the brokenness of sin. In our news, we see terrorism. In our news, we see plane crashes, the, the conflict in the Ukraine and in Russia, and then more terrorism of abortion and, and sodomy. We see thing after thing of hopelessness in this world. In our own office here in the church, just in, 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 in our attempts in missions, the reason we do missions is because of the brokenness of the world. We're working on ways to reach the drug and alcoholics in the Czech Republic, which is close to Hungary. Ways to reach the hopeless in Atlanta through mission trips. Ways to reach the 26 million that are in Peru who do not know Jesus. Ways to treat and reach the 200,000 squatters in August that we will be reaching out to in Myanmar who are socially uh, in much poverty and been dejected. Ways to build the church in Cuba that is desperate for growth. We are surrounded by the reality of men and women every day who live in hopelessness. And we have the answer to that hopelessness. His name is Jesus. He says, in this world, you will have tribulation. That's on a global scale. In our American culture, how often in Hollywood do we see film after film looking for the superhero, waiting for Superman or Captain America or Iron Man to continually to come in and save the day? We watch for the good to triumph over evil. 
We see story after story of a painting on a screen of this hope that is offered to us only to realize once again in our nation when we live and wake up another day to see our nation is filled with so much brokenness, poverty, and then to see the people on those screens portraying it are the very definition of brokenness and hopelessness many times, period. You see, our, our nation is plagued with hopelessness. Politicians who try to lead us back to the nation's glory days, economically and socially, the stock market, which gets us all on our edge when we see the dips and the increases and waiting. Did we gain 2,000 to get today or did we lose 6,000 today in our 401ks? The, 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 racially, the racial division in which we see so much turmoil and brokenness in our own nation. And then even with science, science tells us in evolution that everything should be evolving to this much better state. But I think scientists forget to flip on the news and see the progressive demise of this world and see how broken and broken and more broken this world is being led into. See, evolution says that everything should evolve to a better state. Yet, as we watch the news, it seems like the Bible is becoming more and more true that nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And then the end will come. Personally, we see hopelessness all around us as people look to themselves as their own hope. As people look to their bank accounts for their own hope. As they look to relationships as their hope. As they look to substances and drugs and alcohol as their hope only to be led into hopelessness and friends and family. People look to all kinds of things to place as their hope, only realizing that as we hope in them, they fail us. The sad thing is these things that oftentimes we hope in, they were never meant for us to place our hope in those things. God gave them to us to be enjoyed and to be used as a means to an end, never to be elevated as an idol into a place of life. He gave us relationships to enjoy those relationships, but not to be our source of hope. He gave us children to be a source of, of pleasure and life, but never to be an ultimate source of hope so that when your children fail you, you've lost all hope. He gives you money to be a means to an end, never to be a source of hope. And too often in our culture, we take these good things that God has given us and we elevate them to an idle place in our life that we place our hope in them only to realize them that when our children are broken or go off or when the money runs out, we've lost all of our source of hope. And we lose out the true value and the true meaning that God had given them to us. I mean, how many times have we tried some things in life that they weren't always cracked up to what they were supposed to be or we've invested into some relationships that people have promised us the world and can't give us hardly anything, and we find out those people weren't always what they were supposed to be. Life is full of a lot of ups and downs like an elevator, a lot of people pushing our buttons, a lot of wrong floors that we accidentally almost get off of, a lot of strange people that get on the floor and then you pull out your, your cell phone and you start looking down because you don't want to get in that conversation. Life gets crazy at times. There's all those ups and downs, all the crazy things that happen. Why? Because Jesus said in this world, you will have tribulation. He said as much as in him that we may have peace is the same as in this world we might have tribulation. Why? Because it's the two spheres that we live in. Jesus says in Matthew 10, 28, do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. 
Don't fear the people that can do trivial things to us in life. At most, they can take a life, but they can't destroy your soul. You see, Jesus is telling us to hope in him. Why? Because he has overcome the world. That's why he says, take hearts. Let your heart be strong. Hope in me because I've got this. With me on your side, you can be confident and rest assured that you don't have to worry about those that can kill the body. As long as you're in me, you have life forever and forevermore. You see, we can live confidently and not have to worry about things messing up when we're with Jesus because he has it all under control. Living in Jesus gives us hope and confidence that no matter what may happen, we realize he's got us and he's got our back. When we hope in God, we realize that life isn't an end. It's just the beginning. I love this quote by C.S. Lewis. He said, aim at heaven and you will get the earth thrown in. Aim at earth, you'll get neither. Aim at heaven, set your eyes, set your hope, set your scope on heaven and shoot for heaven and you will get this earth thrown in. But if you aim only to hope, only to find joy, only to find pleasure in this life, you're going to miss out on both. You're not going to receive any of the things that God intended for you. Why? Because you allowed your, your, your desires to, to fall too short. Your desires were too weak, as C.S. Lewis would say. Let your desires be stronger for the king of kings and the creator of this universe. In John 14, 1, Jesus says, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. That means he's got room for you and all your homies. If it were not so, I would not have told you that I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You see, Jesus says, let not your hearts be troubled. How often do we allow the plagues of society and the things that happen culturally around us to affect our state of peace and our state of hope that God has asked us or God has promised for us to be in. How often do we turn on the news and we think, man, the dollar's losing its value and we, and we freak out when Jesus says, don't worry about it. If I provide for the sparrows, if the, the lilies of the field, if they have um, their, their flowers and if the grass is there, how much more are you in my sight and I will care for you and I will provide for you. Why do we allow the things of this world to plague us and to cause us to, be, to live in hopeless states? As children of the promise, there's the key. We are children of some promise, children of the promise. We have the promise that our Father will provide for us no matter what may happen and what may come our way. We don't have to worry about what may happen tomorrow because God's already there. That's the point of our God being eternal. When God is eternal, he, it means that he is in yesterday, he is in today, and he is in tomorrow. He's in the trouble that you were in yesterday, there to relieve you. He's here with you today for whatever you're going through, and he's there already tomorrow waiting for you to come, and he's already there because he's eternal. We don't have to hope in all of these trivial things of life for money that can flee us and leave us. We can set our hope and set our, set our eyes on Christ and be filled with a hope that we have been meant to be filled with. See, Jesus has prepared a place for us called heaven, and he wants us to live in him. 
The only thing we can put our hope in and not lose it is in God. See, people often think they have their hope in God, but they really don't. Because when something comes their way, they end up blaming God for that thing. And they lose all faith and they lose all trust in God. How could God take my mother with cancer? You blame God. Really, God wasn't your hope. Your mom was your hope. How could God allow me to lose my job? And you blame God. And you said you hoped in God, but really your hope was in your job or your children, whatever it may be. See, God isn't the one who causes those things to come or to go, or maybe he takes us through seasons and lives, but he wants us more than anything to put our eyes to set it on him so that no matter what we may go through in life, we may have hope. If we set our hope on anything in this world, our hope will die because everything in this world is fading away. And the Bible says that one day it will be rolled up like a scroll and be gone. See, everything in this world is dying. The only thing that we can do is place our hope in something that will living, that, that is living. If we want to get in out of this world, we got to place our hope in something that is out of this world. Which is why we can't trust our hope in anything in this world. The only thing that we can do to get out of this world is place our hope, place our eyes, set our goal upon him. And as we do, we get this world thrown in, but we will get out of this world with him. I want you to think back to Job. No, we've been reading through Job um, through our devotions as a church as a whole. He had 10 kids, seven sons, and three daughters. Imagine that grocery bill. How many of y'all would want to go to Publix with, uh, with him? It'd be a lot of money. He had 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 1,000 oxen, 500 donkeys, and many servants. The Bible says he was the greatest of all people in the East. And he was a righteous man. And then one day he loses everything. He loses it all. And we see a man whose hope was set where it needed to be. He went through a long process of losing his friends and family, being told to curse God. But his response was, the Lord gives and the Lord takes. Blessed be the name of the Lord. If Job would have hoped in his money, he would have lost all hope. If Job would have hoped in his children, he would have lost all hope. If Job would have hoped in his possessions, he would have lost all of his hope. The Bible says he was a righteous man and his hope was in God. And that he goes through this terrible time and his response is, naked I came into this world and naked I shall leave this world. The Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He realized where his hope was, that no matter what he may go through, his hope was in Jesus Christ and that he can make it through it. Through it. See, God took him through a very testing season of life, but he remained faithful because he, may, because he, hoped, in, he hoped in God. We may feel like Job, and we realize as we look across a congregation of hundreds of people, all the different situations and things that families go through and people go through. We understand the reality of the job market and how it's hard to find a job. We understand the reality of relationships and how broken relationships can be at times and how much stress relationships can add to your life and, and family things can come and family things can go. We understand and we realize all these things are happening in our world around us and things can be given to us and things can be taken away from us. But much like Job, we must stand steadfast and say the Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I was speaking with a man recently who had been going through a hard time. 
and didn't have a place to live. He didn't have much food. And I was wondering, how, how do you answer this man who's searching for a hope, who's searching for this? And as you go throughout the world, and we're blessed to do a lot of missions in this church, and we see the reality of how many people live in these hopeless and desperate situations, you begin to realize that there's a different hope, that it doesn't matter the rich man or the poor man, both can enter into heaven. It doesn't matter how much money's in the bank account. It doesn't matter how hungry one may be or how full one may be. The hungry man can enter in into the joys of heaven, much like Lazarus did, while the, uh, uh, while, while the other man, the rich man, can enter into hell with a full belly. You see, we have all of these different things in life that plague us, and we must stand steadfast like Job. And as Job did stand steadfast, the Lord turns the situation and blesses him with double of everything. God blessed him with 10 more beautiful children. He probably said, hey, let's keep it at 10. No, no, let's not take it to 20 this time. <laughs> 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 2,000 oxen, 1,000 donkeys. God doubled it all. See, how do we live in this hope? We got to keep our eyes on Jesus and keep moving forward. See, this world is going to continue to be broken. And as we live in these two spheres, we got to understand that the peace, which is to be that interlude during a lifetime of war, we got to understand that peace is there for us and we can live in that and we live through it all. Just recently, about a month ago, a plane went down in Kentucky. There were five people on the plane. There was a mother, a father, a cousin, and a seven-year-old little girl. They were about 15 miles from the airport, and I think about an hour from their home airport where they were uh, going to. And during the middle of the night, this plane has engine trouble. They call in a mayday, and sooner or later, the, the plane drops out of the sky to crash into the wilderness in Kentucky. Four out of the five people on this plane die. And the seven-year-old little girl survives it. She gets up. She sees her father that is laying there bloody and dead, thinking that maybe he's just asleep, but really understanding the reality of what's just happened. Seeing her mom that's there who is broken and dead and her cousin that is dead as well and her sister. She sees all the reality of death all around her. And as a seven-year-old girl Flying home from Key West after a vacation with a family back to Ohio and crashing into Kentucky. You can imagine how traumatized she must have been to fly and to crash during the middle of the night. She comes to her senses in this situation and gets out of the plane and seeing all this and sees a light off in the distance over a mile away. She's barefoot, or actually she has one sock on one foot and she doesn't have a sock on the other foot. She's in shorts and a t-shirt in January in Kentucky which means it's cold, windy, snowy, a very hard environment to be in, and shorts and a t-shirt at seven years old after just going through a plane crash and losing four of your loved ones. Seven years old, she gets out of the plane and she sees this light off in the distance and starts making her way to this light. The news report said that in between her and that light was a river that she had to cross, was a bog that she had to go through, was thorns that she had to, to go through. And worship team, if you would come to the stage. 
with thorns that she had to step through, being barefoot. And I can imagine the thorns during the middle of the night, not seeing anything but the small light off in the distance, piercing into her, her flesh and all the scratches and lacerations that were coming onto her as she was making her way through this, this wilderness to get to this light. You see, she was taking one step after another to get to a light, realizing that with each and every step, there was much pain. There was much pain in the past, there was much pain in the present, but she had it in her mind that if she was going to live, she had to take another step. That if she wanted to survive this situation and not come over with hypothermia and die only a mile away from where her life was at, her life source was at, she had to take another step. Even though there might have been thorns, she had to take another step. Even though things might have caused blood and bleeding, she had to take another step. She had to get to the light. Even though there was a river that she had to cross and wade through at seven years old, being traumatized, she realized, if I'm going to live, I have to take another step. You see, it's the same for us as believers, that if we want to live, no matter how hard things may get in life, we have to keep our eyes focused on the cross of Christ, realizing that is our hope, that is our light, that is our life. And if we want to live, we have to take another step. It doesn't matter how broken things may be around us, we have to take another step. It doesn't matter how much mud and how much muck life may get and bring to us, we have to take another step. It doesn't matter how much brokenness and things that we've lost in the past, we've got to move on and move forward because that's where our destiny is and that's where our life is. You see, she could have stayed back a mile at the plane and moped and said, I lost my family. She could have stayed and said, you know, the journey's too hard. I'm not going to make it. I'm going to stay here. She could have stayed back at the plane and thought, well, I've just been traumatized by the events that have just taken place. I'm going to just, just die here. But if a seven-year-old little girl named Piper can keep her eyes focused on a light that's a mile away and take another step, I'm sure there are men and women in here that no matter what life may bring to them, can take another step. If you would, stand to your feet. Jesus said, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Sir, this Jesus is here for you this evening. No matter if you just lost your job, he's here for you this evening. He's your hope. Ma'am, this Jesus is here for you even if your husband just walked out on you. He's here for you and he's your hope. Student, he's here for you no matter if your best friend just left you and said things about you that no one should ever say or mention. He's here for you and he is your hope. With everybody's heads bowed and eyes closed, if you're in this room tonight and you would say, I'm in a situation right now that I need to lift up my eyes and to look at the light like Piper did and move forward and take another step, that I need the hope of Jesus Christ. I am without that hope and I need that hope tonight. If that is you, I want you to slip up your hand. If you would say, I'm here tonight and I need hope, I need the strength just to take another step, please slip up your hand and then make your way to this altar. Sir, ma'am, there is hope for you tonight. 
You do not have to live through life hopeless, but hope, his name is Jesus. So come to this altar tonight and receive the hope that has been promised for you. You don't have to live through life without hope. His name is Jesus. He lived so that you could live. He lived the life that you could not live. He died the death that you should have died. He is your hope. If you are wanting that hope, if you are in need of that hope, come to the altar tonight. Maybe things are bad at home. Maybe things are bad on the job. Maybe financially you don't know where your next meal is coming from. And you are without. He is your hope. And if that is you, I want to invite you to the altar tonight to receive the hope that we are all desperate for. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I was reading a book recently and wherever we may be in life I love what this book said that our need for him doesn't grow day by day but our need for him is total and absolute every day our need can't grow we are completely and totally absolutely dependent upon Jesus Christ and so if you are here tonight, I'm going to ask one more time, and you are in need of hope, I want to invite you to the altar before we move on. If you all would bow your heads and pray this prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I'm in desperate need of hope. I realize I can't make it through this life alone. But I must have you. I need the hope that is in Christ Jesus. Save me, change me, and transform me, and help me to keep my eyes focused on eternity. So that as things come my way in life, I might live victoriously. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I wanna invite all of those down here to the altar, all those that are sick, all those who need a, 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 all those who have a need of healing, maybe you have cancer, maybe somebody that you know has cancer and you want to stand in behalf of them, and doctors have given them a hopeless report. Pastor gave the testimony this morning of the lady's uncle that was on life support, and God completely healed him. He was only given a little bit more time to live. But God is our hope. He is our healer. So if you're in need of a physical touch, you're in need of healing, maybe the doctors have given you a negative report, I want to invite you to the altars right now so we can pray and we can intercede that God would bring healing into your life. And if our altar team would come to the front and begin to pray. Worship team.
prophesied over our nation, over our world. The hope of man. us to begin to pray over our nation. Our nation has some very critical decisions facing them over the next couple weeks, especially with concerning Israel. And we need to prophesy hope over our nation. That men and women would get their eyes off of politicians and what's politically correct. And they would stand upon what is the true source of hope for not only this nation, but for the world. So let's pray over our nation. Father, we lift up our nation to you tonight. We understand that money is not the answer to our world's needs. We understand that world peace is not the answer. We understand that solving poverty is not the world answer, but Jesus Christ is the answer to this world. And so we pray that men and women would lift up their eyes and they would place their eyes on Jesus Christ, who has died and given his life for them. Father, we pray for the Washington, D.C. We pray that you would cause our leaders politically to take their eyes off of their agendas and to lift their eyes up to heaven and work for the good of this nation according to the scripture and as it lines it out. Father, we pray that they would make decisions based upon the conviction of the word of God. They would make, uh, make decisions based upon the leading of the Holy Spirit. And we would see Jesus Christ lifted up as the hope of the United States of America once again. Father, we pray over the lost sons and the lost daughters that they would come home for the prodigals, that they would return, that they would come to their senses. And Father, they would realize that their hope is not in what they are doing, squandering wealth away, but their hope is in you and you alone. Jesus, we pray that you would intervene and that you would speak to their lives and call them home through the power of your blood. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Giving his heart to the broken, sharing his home with the orphan. He is the joy, he is my joy, he is the hope of the nations. The Father's heart we're embracing, he is the song we're declaring. He is the joy, he is my joy, he's bringing hope to the hopeless. Giving his heart to the broken, sharing Joy. He is my joy. 
Whatever that situation is, place those hands against it. 
just keep running to the light. Moving to the light. Hallelujah. Let's thank the Lord for the word tonight. Amen. Amen. Thank you for your presence. Mighty God. Mighty God. God of glory. God of hope. We celebrate you. and We make you known in our world this week. Father, sanctify the word that's been preached. I pray, God, for this day of worship that's been dedicated unto you. Anoint us to go out into our world this week to be salt and to be light, to be world changers by the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. And everyone said amen. Before you leave this sanctuary, hug somebody's neck. God bless you. Be in the prayer times this week. You're dismissed.